0: from 1047 wh 2 L P Hillsboro. This is she and her. I am Anita Rao and I am Sandra Davidson. And that is the very last
1: time we're going to do that. Woo. It's true. This is our
0: final final episode ever of a 5 5 year endeavor. It is. So we are in the studio. We are in Hillsboro. It is the first time we have ventured here since the beginning of the pandemic, but we couldn't end the show without doing it in this space. Um, and we have so much we want to talk about this hour, but I guess maybe we should start with the question that everyone has been asking us on social media,
1: which is, <laughs> but, but why? <laughs> <laughs> what is your response to that? Well, do we want to tell people how we like first came to the, like, okay, so I'll just set the scene. Yeah. Two weeks ago... We were on a walk, which is one of our favorite pastimes to do together in this pandemic era and prior to, I would say. And we had been texting about how we wanted to have a conversation about she and her. Anita had texted me a couple, like a week before and said we should have a conversation about that. And I said, that's great. I will say that I don't really have a lot of bandwidth for you know, a new season right now, because we'd done the COVID cocktails and COVID season early into the pandemic. And um, that was really fun. But a lot has been going on since. And so we went on this walk. And we both said that we felt like it was time to close this chapter.
0: Yeah. And I think it really hit me. Um, I went to the beach a couple of weeks before that on a beach trip and was just thinking a lot about Creativity and creative projects, and how I had seen so many projects like that. There's this clear distinction, I feel like, between these like legacy projects, like This American Life and Radio Lab, and shows that are just like institutions and go on week after week. And then there are other things that have like come and gone that I've had such fond relationships with, like The Cut. And oh God, um, yeah. that gutted me. <laughs> but why? <laughs> right? But why? <laughs> Two dope queens and and these creative pro- pod projects that come about and exist and then come to an end and just feeling like I wanted for she and her for it to come to for when it, when it came to an end for it to be a joyful end and I just felt like we were in this time like our COVID and cocktails series felt to me just like so intuitive like it felt very natural it was like something that we both really needed to get us through like that first month and it was kind of exemplified a lot of what the show has been for me which is like you know a way of connecting with other people who I really admire um, a way of like connecting with you and a space that like has just like I've, I've just always felt better after these shows and like that was that season was just perfect and it just felt to me kind of like okay like I feel like if we were to end the project now like it would be a very joyful end and I think that that like I we've given so much to this and we've taken it so seriously all five years that like when it comes to an end or when it felt time like I wanted it to be because we were choosing it not because like we had just somebody was moving or or there was no energy left or there was like we were forcing ourselves to to keep going um so that was kind of what brought me what brought me to the like why I felt like now was a good time how about you
1: I would second that and I would also say that I mean, I mentioned bandwidth being a consideration, um, and we respect this project so much. And I also respect the place where we've made this project for the last five years, which is our radio station, and we call in a lot of reruns. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I I think a lot about that. And then I also think that um, we have both really grown up together in all kinds of different ways as we've made this project and even though, you know, one of the things that I was telling Anita before we went on air, someone reached out to me and said, you know, so you guys are deciding to let go of this in this time when so many other things have changed or you've been forced to let go of, like... And that's the one thing that someone has said to me that has made me kind of been like, ugh, oh, this the wrong decision. But I feel like it's time and that we... The, the the time that I want to have with you, and this has been both a, a, a friendship thing, but also like a creative and I, I guess professional thing. It's been a very public facing project of ours. I just don't want to. I want to take time to be your friend mm-hmm. during this period, the pandemic, <laughs> this social revolution that we're experiencing. And so much so much of the time that we've spent together over the last year has often begun with the question, so where are we with the show?
0: And I don't want that to be the beginning of our conversation anymore. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And I think, like, there is so much to say about, like, what doing a creative project has done for our friendship. But I think it also, like, as we get busier and busier, like, there is a way that just life makes it so that in our minds we kind of like okay well she and her is like is still our touch point and it means that we don't have as much dedicated time for our friendship so i think part of yeah part of this saying goodbye is also like creating space and opening up new space for our friendship to grow in a way that's like not at all connected to she and her
1: And we announced this on Instagram on Wednesday, (laughs) and we were just (laughs) so reserved in our announcement. And it's funny because I've been thinking about it for some time. Mm -hmm. We've known about it for together. We made this decision together a while ago, but making it real by doing that, I was, I like was really, really emotional. Mm -hmm. And I think that as I was driving over here tonight, I was thinking about, Goodbyes and how most goodbyes that I've had to do in life haven't been such a healthy and collective Mm. choice. Yeah. It's been the type of goodbye where you feel wronged or someone feels wrong and then you have to make sense of it. Or it's been the type of goodbye that is a life cycle goodbye. So somebody leaves this planet, this earth, this life, and you have to say goodbye in that way. And I feel. Like we're doing this with dignity. And I I feel <laughs> such
0: a sense of gratitude for that. Same. Same. And that it feels like a, a, a choice that we are... Yeah, when I mean, we could make a different choice and we could do it... We could make this choice six months from now. But I think it's like a gift to be able to make it now when we have like... The bandwidth too. The to processor. <laughs> Hashtag it. bandwidth. Hashtag bandwidth. Seriously. Seriously. Um, Don't worry, y'all. We have popcorn in here. We have popcorn, <laughs> we have wine, and we're going to make it through this hour. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about um, who we were when we started. So, October 2015. 15. A baby. We were babies. We were babies. Um, so, I can start. Please. So I had moved back to North Carolina about a year before. I'd been living in New York for three years, um, and I think I was in a place where I was still trying to figure out what being back here meant, like, who my community was going to be, and, like, what I wanted from my life I kind of like I had a very I had this like very like college mindset I think where I was like I need like activities I need (laughs) projects to like get involved and feel connected and Sandra was the one who first um, approached me about this show she'd heard about WHUP and this radio station and I feel like in very classic like our dynamic fashion, like you were the ideas person, and like had all of the heart and the passion, and I was like, I don't know how we're going to make it happen. How are we going to do? It? We don't have enough time. <laughs> what are the deadlines going to be? And but we we started it, and I think it was like looking back now, I feel like I the way that I have approached this project over the course of the five years, I think has been so different and i think i've been like really pushed to evolve how i orient myself toward it because of you and like your approach to creativity and i feel like that has been like one of the biggest like gifts and lessons for me is that like it this is a passion project so like doing it should be a source of joy not like something we check off the list and like we do take it really seriously and for the first Year, I mean, I don't even know how many hours we spent. Like, we were – we did really production-heavy episodes and, you know – Super scripted. Super scripted. And then over the years have kind of, like, let it evolve into being something that feels a bit more natural, which is, like, having a conversation and pursuing our natural curiosities. And I think that that evolution, um, like, represents a personal evolution for me in, like, learning and relearning how to, like, tune into myself and my instincts and like trust, trust instinct and trust internal intuition more than like my anal brain. Um, I love to
1: hear that because I know that's been a journey. For it's you. been a
0: journey. How about you? Where were you October 2015? Well, I had finished
1: grad school the previous spring and was a part of a fledgling Documentary publishing project, and my fiance had <laughs> just, who was not then my fiance, had just moved back to North Carolina from Iowa. So we were getting used to each other again and figuring out what our life was going to be like and our rhythms were going to be like. And I think that I was not very confident in my creative voice and my self-concept generally. And this project, one of the things that I've always been drawn to you for is your steadfastness and um, focus and intellectual Rigor and drive and your commitment to making things well. And I was so excited to join forces with you in that way and to work on something together. And I feel like I probably couldn't have said this then, but in my mind I I knew intuitively that the type of conversations that we were going to be having and the way that we were going to have those conversations – by live radio and through audio were going to force me to come to know myself better Hmm. and to develop a a self better and I was thinking last night about how so many people who are creative who do things in the um, visual art realm or the photography realm which is a outlet that I have really developed in the last five years too there's something different it's it's not it's easier to be less vulnerable hmm. when you're putting out work where it's not your voice, where it's not yourself allowing yourself to just speak off the cuff. And that's so much of what we've done. And in that way, I feel like it was the Olympics <laughs> that we threw ourselves into. Seriously. And especially you, I mean, and I always knew, you know, I was always interested in going into a storytelling field, a humanities field. But you were always working in radio. And so I always respected and took seriously what it meant for you to make this kind of work because I knew you had big dreams in this medium. Yeah. So that's a little, that's
0: who I was then. Yeah. And a lot has changed. I mean, let's like, how would you mark... I'm, oh gosh, it's like it's really mind-boggling to mark everything that has changed. But one thing that like I feel like it's important to say because this didn't—I don't know—we've always been so. It's been so funny because we've been. Well, I feel like we've been very vulnerable. Um, And we've been very open on the show about many things. There's like like chunks of our personal lives that we've always kept off the air. And I think like most of it has to do with like our romantic relationships with men, which I appreciate because I feel like it's allowed us to be like that. I don't know. This is about our friendship and our connection that has nothing to do with that. But I think one thing that's interesting to mark (laughs) and talk about, which is that. So we started this podcast in October – 2015, and in February 2016, or March, <laughs> February, I think February 2016. Who's counting, <laughs> I moved in with Sandra for March, April, for like four months because I broke up with my college boyfriend who had, who I'd come back here to live with. And if you just think about that, like I, th- I, it's so interesting for me now to look back at that time and be like. We had just started this really intense creative project together, and then we moved in together. I moved in with you. (laughs) and (laughs) We moved in together. We moved in In together. (laughs) Um, I moved in with you and Benjamin. And, like, how that in many ways is, like, this just, like, shoving together of the, like, our friendship and this project. And, I mean, I learned a lot of lessons in that time about a lot of things and, like, have regrets about how or I guess just learned a lot about uh navigating my own emotional state while in a state of trauma <laughs> and also living in the world with other people but I think it's like to mark these like there's been so much life that we have lived outside of this show while we've still put on this show together at the same time yes. and I'm curious like how you think that has shaped our content or showed up in our content or shaped our approach to the show?
1: Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, that's a classic Anita question. <laughs> <laughs> the preamble. <laughs> <laughs> well, that certainly was a big chapter for us that time that you speak about, and you were doing so much living yourself and i was doing a lot of living with you um and i think that how did that show up in the show
0: i don't even know if i think about it hmm. how do do you have a, a i have answer? i mean my answer is i guess that it i feel like it forced us it might have been one of the first things and maybe this is me i don't know It it feels like it was maybe one of the first things that encouraged us to be flexible with what the show is. Yes. Um, Because I feel like early on, like when you start a podcast, there's all this like stuff about, you know, what you're supposed to do, which is like define your niche really specifically and like have a specific voice and have a format. And we like, I mean, if you look over, (laughs) we've done like 80 (laughs) some episodes and like, y'all, we have changed gears about (laughs) 18,000 times. (laughs) But I think that, like, that, like, letting go of that rigidity and letting the project evolve into, like, what we needed it to be in that moment, I feel like is, like, a big way that our friendship and, like, what, what was going on outside of yes the show influenced yes. how we did I've, the show. I'm
1: tracking now. Yeah. I
0: feel like it kept us aspirational
1: about who we wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And because I think that I was... Anita and I were texting leading up to this show and I was thinking about how, you know, we started like an episode a week for a long stretch and then we transitioned to the season model. Our voice really changed. The types of shows that we were doing really changed. And I feel like um, that evolution that was almost... what We were becoming more comfortable with ourselves as we became more comfortable with what it is that we were doing with the show. And there was some sort of connection between the two. Mm-hmm. And and for me, it's like this show has always been like a little... a sa- Not little. It has always been a sacred touch point that we like pull it out of the drawer every now and then. And we're like, let's look at this. What are we going to do with it now? Like, what do we need in our lives that we can explore through the format of this show. Exactly. And that is precious to mm-hmm. me. And I think that that is one of the things that um that's a, that's a lesson to me and I think it's so special especially in fields where egos are a thing to have that in a way a selfless way with with a friend and mm-hmm. with a collaborator. And that's been a huge takeaway for me. And, you know, you mentioned at the top our different approaches and and styles, but I never felt hamstrung by our differences by any ways. I always felt stronger because of them. Mm -hmm. But I think, too, that time that we lived through where we were living together, um, that that transitioned our friendship in a different way. And so... You know, we learned how to set certain boundaries within our friendship through that, and that was also reflected Yeah, and how we constructed, how we put time into this show, and how we made this show, and how intense we were going to be in the post-production of this <laughs> show. Yeah. But I one thing I will say that never changed is our who we decided we wanted to have on the show. What do you mean? Like, we always, we never felt like any ask was... Too big. Oh no!
0: <laughs> I mean, it's like it, that's what's the really funny thing to look back on is like we literally. I feel like some of the people that we have asked to be on the show at the point at which we asked them, they were our like fixate cultural fixations, like Channy Nicholas, <laughs> like Channy Nicholas. We learned her name was Channy, uh, C H A N I, the astrologer who we'd been getting emails from in our inbox for years. I don't know how long, years and years. And we were like, we'll ask her to come on She and Her. And... (laughs) Y'all, funny
1: story about that. Tell tell them. (laughs) Okay, so she came on the show, (laughs) and we were just, like, enamored and Mm -hmm. so jazzed and so stoked about the episode. And then, you know, the other thing about this show, which has been a journey for us, self-promotion and promotion of the content. And so we had no idea how to use social media (laughs) <laughs>
0: I am really cringing remembering how we did this. Okay, keep going. So
1: what we did was we started promoing this show by just tagging other astrologers <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> and um, we were told gently by our beloved guests that that was not a good strategy. <laughs> but I will say that that was a lesson because I sent an email In response and said, earnest mistake,
2: Mm -hmm. honest
1: mistake. And I felt like we came to accord through that versus like young baby Sandra at the very beginning of the show would have just been like, oh my God, I'll never live through this humiliation. I'm so embarrassed, but I I learned through that particular (laughs) humiliation.
0: (laughs) Seriously. And like there have been so many professional lessons through this of like, acknowledging I mean god y'all there were some episodes at the beginning where we tried to do live shows and we got the church giggles oh like god. to a degree to which we had the only way we could try to continue the show was like one of us stay in the room and the other one actually <laughs> go and stand out in the hallway but even then like we permanently burned a bridge with that <laughs> we did permanently burn a bridge but like ways that we had to kind of like, hold ourselves accountable to, like, what we were trying to do while still being human yes. and, like, really struggling Yes, with doing both of those at the same time.
1: Yes. Although there is a certain exhilaration to having the church <laughs> giggles like that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had more spaces in my life to have them. I know, right? <laughs> Nothing like live radio for them. That's Just for uncontrollable sure. <laughs> church giggles. This is a great transition, though. So we have a little outline that we, we want to make sure we hit on a couple notes. So... Actually, our first bout of church giggles came on episode two. We felt like we killed it in episode one, so we came into the studio. We had a huge guest, and we totally botched it. Um, but episode one featured our moms. Right. Episode one was called Wear the Damn Bikini. It was, and which is a <laughs> Rebecca Davidson original line. Who, in sharing her thoughts and feelings about our last episode tonight, told me that she... Um, that Sheila, Anita's mom, and it has been a true pleasure to work with her on this, <laughs> and that she really appreciates having her two minutes of fame. <laughs> I love that so
0: much. Um, yeah, let's talk about our mom, our mom. So I honestly, I like I wish I could remember the origin of how, I think we, I mean, we had them on that episode, and then it, like, people just gave us so much positive feedback about... It feels like an Anita StoryCorps idea, rooted idea for episode one. Yes, totally. Like, okay, we're going to do the show about us and our evolution, our feminism. Like, let's talk with our moms. Oh,
1: right. Let's ask them about Let's ask them about their...
0: Yeah. And then people just loved them, and, like, they both had, like, very, like, charming affects on the show so we were like let's just have them back and then they became a recurring part of the show and I think for me I mean it I think that that honestly like was really transformational for me in my relationship with my mom like I feel like I I mean there was this like there's this just way of like seeing her quirkiness like in a totally different way like it because I saw it through the eyes of other people that, like, endeared her to me even more than uh, she's already incredibly endearing. Peak endearing. Peak endearing. Peak endearing. (laughs) Um, But I think also, like, I feel like I kind of, like, went away to college and had this big, like, intellectual, like, revolutionary experience as a women's studies major. (laughs) How classic is that? (laughs) But, like, it was a way of kind of, like, sharing that in small pieces over the years of like this is who I am now and like being able to connect like there are not being this gulf between like who I was and who I am and like being able to like continuously like connect Ooh. that I feel like having our moms on the show was a really important part of that for me and they just like they are so both of our moms are like peak mom like so supportive we'll listen to every episode live let me tell you
1: when we were having those church (laughs) giggles they were texting us what's wrong (laughs) what's going on there's no sound
0: (laughs) there's no sound something is wrong something is wrong (laughs) but just like their their willingness to like be so present and support this project I feel like I don't know was was like super special and I think like was it an important like thing to keep us lifted up in the moments where it felt like we didn't know why we're we were continuing yes. to press on.
1: Yes. And I I feel so much gratitude for my mom being willing to come on the show and answer the questions that we asked our moms to answer and talk about the things that we've asked them to talk about. And I think this is true for your mom. Neither one of them are are necessarily public people. No. And so I was reminded at different points throughout this process. Of that, in some of the conversations that we had and just have such a gratitude for their vulnerability. And at times felt like the reason why my mom was allowing herself to be that vulnerable was as an act of support for me.
0: Yeah, totally. And like a way of, I feel like for my siblings, like she and her has been like a really fun way to get to know my mom because... Yes, I was
1: wondering. Yeah,
0: it's like a way of accessing parts of her like the microphone gives you the ability to like ask things that you wouldn't ask across a dinner table and like it's it's just true and I think that there's so much I've learned about my mom and your mom and that they've shared with us that like wouldn't have been possible if it weren't for like the actual platform and microphone
1: yes I agree
2: jewelry isn't a gift you give just once
1: Um, I think we've touched on how our friendship has been yes. changed by this. Um, actually, I'd like to take this moment for a rapid-fire question. Okay. Well, because we, we talked about the moms. Your dad did come on the show. My dad did. Um, which was an amazing episode. My dad did share some feedback for the show for tonight. Which <laughs> I, Tell us. I would like to share. Okay. For the air. Uh, well, SK... It's my nickname Sandra Catherine. I have been proud to have a daughter who is a radio personality, <laughs> and let me assure you, dot dot dot. Some of your topics have made me squeamish. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, and Anita. Swing for the fences tonight. What do you feel like it's been like for your dad
0: to to hear the, the conversations we have? It's been big. Um, I'm. I want to find what he said when I told my family. Um, it has been really big. I think he has said repeatedly like he has felt like he got to know me he got to know me through the show honestly um my dad is not a big question asker and so it's kind of like if you offer and and you offer to share like you will be received (laughs) like you won't be asked a question in particular and so I think that he has really gotten to know me and how I think and what's important to me through this show and it's It's really cute because basically what my parents would do with every she and her episode is they would take the dog on a walk and my mom would like have her phone and they would listen on speaker. My mom would have already listened to the episode like twice. And then the two of them would listen on speaker and then they would have conversations about the show and its material and me. And so it's this like really – I mean it's a weird thing that happens with radio and podcasts where it's like people know you. People get to know you really well and you might not have the same relationship with them. That's not how it is with my dad. That's how it is with some other randos. Story, <laughs> stories about that later. But I think with my dad, um yeah, I think it's been really special for for him to have like a window into how I think that wasn't like us talking directly. Mm. What is your least favorite title
1: we've ever chosen? Oh for my an god. <laughs> we've had some terrible titles. terrible
0: titles um is
1: yours the same as mine <laughs> baby got, baby got, got books, books. <laughs> <laughs> such regret for that show title titled
0: uh, an episode baby got books about books <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sh- like, I wish you could see our faces. Um, <gasps> that show, what? though, is amazing because one of our guests who came on has published her first yes. romance novel, which she I has. really enjoyed. So that's another joy of mine is, is kind of looking back through the archive and seeing where people are, you know, New York Times bestselling authors. Um, Jessamyn Stanley, my goodness gracious, blew up. Um, I you and her.
0: Lachlan Lachlan amazing uh, actor on Sabrina yes and just non-binary like leader in the world (laughs) I'm sorry I'm looking now I'm looking back at other titles (laughs) other titles and how some of them is like the point of a title is to like evoke curiosity but also needs to make some kind of sense like we titled our second episode Hideous Dragon Beasts and Other Phenomenon
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. We were like, what's a catchy title? (laughs) Uh, How to Mom Part 1, How to Mom Part (laughs) 2.
0: Yeah, our title might have been, I love Women Who Lol. Still cracks me up. Women Who Lol? Yeah. Like, LOL? (laughs) That was our episode with comedians. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. And then some of them are really dramatic. Uh, I love the one that's just a case of the case of the giggles, might be one of the episodes that we've gotten the most positive feedback about. So it was, we talked about our AOL instant messenger screenings. (laughs) And it was the first episode, I think, that we did where it was just the two of us, no guests. Just chatting. And y'all, behind the scenes, what you've got to know about these episodes where it's just the two of us, no guests, is that we usually are tipsy. (laughs) You had no idea. (laughs) We know. So A Case of the Giggles was 100% because... We learned the
1: hard way about how much wine was in a can <laughs> of wine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Through she and her. Yes. Um, what are some of your other episodes Favorites. that stand out? You know, I I just
1: am so tender to the ones when we where we brought on people we knew mm-hmm. really well. I loved bringing on my cousin and her mother to talk about the insane story of how she discovered her biological her mother's biological family um that was really special Mm -hmm. both of our sisters did amazing mental health shows Mm -hmm. um i mean i love talking to lachlan let's be real charlie lowry
0: charlie lowry
1: (laughs) she's the hometown favorite let's Let's be real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, she was. She's just such a a light, and loved having that time with her. Um, you know, the episode that we did with Jackie. Mm-hmm. We did an episode with a woman who literally drove down from Virginia on a Saturday. She, I don't even know how she'd found our show. She found
0: our show because someone. From Iowa, who had a mutual friend of was a mutual friend of mine, friended me on Facebook. He started listening to she and her. He is an ex military, and he, I think, shared our episode or shared our show with her, and then she reached out to us. And she wanted to tell her story about being sexually assaulted by a fellow
1: military Mm -hmm. off like uh, peer, and that was such a profound experience because. She found us and said, I need a space to make Mm -hmm. this real. And similarly to my friend Crosby, who we brought on the show, who wanted to tell a story about something that she went through, like a very personal trauma that she experienced in her family. There were several people who we encountered in this show who wanted a space to air those types of stories. And that felt I took that really
0: seriously I think this might be a good time to share. So yeah, I think that that like us being open to kind of like the show evolving in its approach and being like we will bear we will bear witness, we will interview, we will kind of like hold space and not feeling really strict about like what the show had to sound like, I think allowed for some of those moments. Um and my sister shared part of that with me, so she my sister came on for an episode about guilt, and it was about guilt because um of a miscarriage that she had and so she shared with us recording the episode about my miscarriage. I was super apprehensive, but found it to be very cathartic and heard from so many people after that share their own stories with me and they've I've continued to hear from people over the years, which has been a lovely way to keep that experience and story alive. So I think that that's been one of the really special things about the show is like people choosing us and this platform as a space to tell some of their like sacred and most private moments. And then feeling like that um, helped them kind of stay connected to those memories or get relief from them or get support around them. I think it has been really special.
1: And I mentioned, you know, how part of this doing this show helped me I I trusted or I felt like it would help me come to know myself better and understand myself better and one, uh, Cameron, who did our theme music and our original art, she sent a message to me today and said, I was really struck by the episodes you guys did around anxiety mm. because I remember Anita talking about all these characteristics she had and how she thought they made her a good student, et cetera, et cetera. And she was like, but that's actually anxiety. And I remember thinking, wait, everyone doesn't feel this way. Oh. <laughs> and I appreciated y'all's candor so much. So but those are other moments, too, that, I mean, I think we wanted – Things like that to happen for our listeners where you heard yourself inside of people's stories and you thought, oh, it's not just me. Or, Mm -hmm. oh, this is actually something that I don't have to hold on to or have to always be
0: in my life. And I think the level of I mean, we have tried really hard, especially, I think, in the last like three years when we kind of allowed this to be very conversational is like allowing the conversations to be very free flowing and because we often kind of started with a connection that we already had, it made episodes get like very personal very quickly. And I think that that allows for a level of depth that you like, you don't get in a traditional interview because like there's trust already before you even turn on the mics, there's trust there. Um, and our friend Laura Palliser shared some really lovely things about that. So she came on to talk about, um, body image and her her episode is eat the damn croissant <laughs> and <laughs> that's a
1: good title. It's a
0: good, that's a good title and her <laughs> <I still remember. laughs> kind of the way that her mom taught her to think about and relate to her body and how that shaped kind of how she responds to body changes today which is from a place of neutrality like I remember my favorite thing is her talking about like sitting on the bus and being like oh like you know, her pants feel snugger or other things that like, you know, may trigger and other people like, oh, my gosh, like I'm gaining weight. And she's like, oh, that means like I have a little more like squish to like help my butt not get numb on the <laughs> bus and like just finding ways to make positive connections with body changes. So she said she got two really lovely pieces of feedback from her show. So one of them, she said, my friend Brianna wrote to me and said, when you did that podcast ages ago, I listened to it and loved it. Millie, my sister, just had a baby girl, and I was telling her about the way that you explain how your mom actively worked to help give you a healthy body image of herself and others. I shared it with her today, and she asked me to tell you because it is, she asked me to tell you thank you because it has influenced the way she plans on raising her daughter, who is a wee (sighs) baby right now. And another one from a friend, Chloe, who Laura hadn't spoken with in about five years. Said she was on a trip. She took a couple of months off her job and life in Ottawa and decided to walk the Camino de Santiago in Spain and started it. And, f- and during the walk, she met a ton of people, met a friend from France that she end- ended up walking with almost the whole time. And so they were chatting about various things over a few days. And she had seen Laura's podcast and said, why don't we listen to it with this new friend? So They listened. And the topic of bodies came up. And after listening to the podcast, said it was the perfect thing, and it made me smile to hear the discussion about Montreal, and I thought it was such a positive thing to share it with my new friend. Aww. Very sweet. That was a great episode. Yeah, it was. Love you, LP. Well,
1: uh, let's see. We're just, the clock is running. I know. Um, I just want to... Oh, this is sweet. So we, di- we got a message from... A friend, Lizzie, who said, I've just been thinking about how far ahead of so many media leaders say nothing of public media people you two have been. Wow. (laughs) It's that kind of leadership and vision that you've held with this project without pretense. That's the part that stood Mm -hmm. out the most to me. Um, You and Sandra are the real deal, and I feel lucky to know you. I think the pretense thing is like the operative notion for me in that. And just bring this back to an earlier comment i we have really been this the 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 latter versions of this show have been very comfortably us Mm -hmm. and very Mm non-pretentious and uh that's hard to find these days um and i that's something that i really i was talking with ben last night about how you know the challenge of like okay so what's next personally there i i want to carry that non-pretence mm. into
0: more work but it's also hard to do it is and i think that there's an element of the i mean being part of a community radio station i think has given us a lot of freedom um major shout out to WHUP here because it is it's a it's a it's given us a a space a physical space to bring people to and technology and things that have made us um, be able to make this professional but I think it is also relaxed enough atmosphere and relaxed enough kind of guidance and expectations that it has allowed us to kind of be ourself, and like when we need to take some weeks off because we're slammed, like we can do reruns, and like it's allowed us to evolve this project in a way that I think has made it like person first, which I think like with a lot of other creative projects, like once you get to that threshold of professionalization, it's like well, you production over pro- person exactly, and production over process for sure, for sure, for sure. So I really appreciate Lizzie saying that, and. Yeah, that really means a lot to hear from someone who thinks a lot about media and media evolution. Um, so that's really awesome.
1: And I hope that our station manager Bob Bertman is listening to him to this tonight. It has been an utmost joy of my life and point of pride to have a community radio station. Yeah, and it was such a thrill to start with this station and to come in here every week and to have rapport with people who we, you know, cross paths with during the station. I remember one Christmas, I had to come pull a show from the archives off one of the hard drives in this station, and it was like the holidays, it was one of those weird Decembers in North Carolina, it was like 75 on Christmas, and I remember running over here on Christmas Eve and grabbing some audio and Bob was in here working on some stuff and just having a chat yes and it was just like this is what like I actually felt rooted in a place through here in a way that was hard to after having left a graduate program Mm -hmm. at UNC and just kind of feeling disconnected from community institutions and we also because we had this space because we weren't making this in our closets we were able to bring in people to intern with us. And we've yes. had some amazing experiences with women who have come to intern with us in the summers. And I treasure that as well.
0: Yeah, we had three interns over the course of our time. We had Monique, who was our first intern, then Anna Kennedy, and then Lucy Jones, who wrote us the sweetest message that I'm going to read. So Lucy was our intern. La- last summer. Last summer. Or the summer before last. Uh, I last can't remember. Summer. Last summer. Yeah. Last summer. And she went on. So she is amazing. I first, like, mentored her, like, on how to podcast when her mom reached out to me because she was a student at um, Durham School of the Arts and was just interested in starting a podcasting club. And then she interned with us. And now she is in. She goes to Brown. And she just is finishing her first year. So she wrote us, um, love and miss you guys so much. We'll miss hearing your voices on air. I wanted to thank you for being wonderful mentors to me when I worked with you. You made me feel like my voice and my ideas mattered and empowered me to keep podcasting at Brown. It was so powerful to see such strong women in radio, and it set the tone for the work I've done after. You guys are absolute queens, and I look up to you both so much, which is just, like, amazing. I love you, Lucy. But I think that's, like, that's been a really awesome thing is it's given us a, yeah, physical space to be able to – I mean – we don't get paid for this. This is a passion project. Unfortunately, we can't pay anyone who interns with us, but it's allowed us to, like, bring people on who want to see like all of the parts of the process. Learn that, how
1: to run a sound. Learn how to run a soundboard. Learn how to like
0: develop a show. Learn how to script. We'll pay you in snacks and wine. It's basically <laughs> <laughs> the only thing we can pay you with.
1: Uh, I will. There's another studio right in. I feel like we cannot go through this episode without mentioning our friend and recurring guest. Laura, who has come to talk with us about online dating. And She's been on our show three times. Yeah, And Laura mentioned, um, my favorite memory easily was being in that sauna of a studio with y'all <laughs> <laughs> and trying to string any thoughts together that wasn't someone, please bathe me
0: in ice. Also, the pre- and post-production conversations in the car that were not safe for work. <laughs> oh, yes. and the pre-pandemic we times, of we, of we would drive to and from the show together, which would be a lot of us catching up and then... Talking about the things we couldn't say on the air. So,
1: that that leads to a a good... One of the final questions on our list that we wanted to get through. What would not
0: have happened if it weren't for this show? I have so many things. Okay. So many so that I wrote them in a note that I need to pull up. I'm going to
1: pull up my notes because I wrote a lot too and I just want to make sure...
0: Okay. Touch on everything. Um, So... I think the first thing that would not have happened was um just the multitude of connections with individual humans that I have made through the show that I would not I would have admired from afar but not have had a connection with otherwise. I think there are a lot of people who we've brought on because we love their work and we wanted to know more about it and it has led to us being able to establish real friendships with them. Erin Terry, I would say, is one of those for me. Shout out to Erin. Who has been on our show now three times. Um, She is behind the comedy, I always forget the best way to call them, but Comedy Collective, um, Eyes Up Here, which uh, tries to create space for um, basically non-heterosexual white men to have space in comedy venues and she's incredible and I feel like that's a friendship I would not have had for this show so lots of just people individual people that I feel like this show has allowed me to develop real friendships with that's the first on my list mm. how about you I, the reconnection factor
1: has like I was thinking through this and one of my favorite episodes we did was we brought my friend Ariel on who I'd gone I'd grown up with and hadn't talked to in years And she came on to talk about having been a teen mom, which we had grown apart by the time we got to high school. So I didn't really know about what that experience was like for her and just loved having the opportunity to have a reason why to have a thoughtful conversation with her about her life and how she was and who she was then. Um Let's see. I wouldn't have ripped the undercarriage out from (laughs) Benjamin's car had she and her not been a thing because one night we were leaving the station and Anita had a flat tire and I did a U-turn because she called me and she's like, I have a flat tire. And I did a U-turn over what I didn't know was a... um, Median? Median. Yeah. And I ripped the undercarriage out from Ben's car while doing that. So... That wouldn't have happened. That would not have happened. I don't think I would. I don't know if I'd be in audio. And I'm so glad that I am. I love this medium. So that's one of those things for sure. I feel like
0: that's like honestly my biggest thing is that. So, my day job is working on the state of things, and I've been a producer for a long time. (laughs) Her day job. My day job. My day job. This is my night job. Um, But the reason why I started, I got the opportunity to host was because Frank, um, stay show. (laughs) Uh, For those of you. For those of you who don't just call him Frank. said to me like I think he'd only listened to one or two episodes of She and Her but he was like well you do a podcast and and it's great so you should host like you should host the state of things wow and I've never thought of myself I've always told myself I was like a behind the scenes radio person not an on the air even though I know that what lights me up the most is like interviewing and if it weren't for She and Her I do not think he would have ever thought to offer that offer that and now like that has become like as the year god this is like my fourth this is my fourth year I think of hosting the state of things and now I host once a week and it's just been like such a source of professional and personal joy for me and I don't think that I would be hosting the state of things today if it weren't for the show so that's the biggest thing for me I think is like Making me trust my my voice, and that it's a voice that doesn't have to like be only behind the scenes and like launching anything but in my opinion launching me, yeah, very much like launching me into where I feel like I am today career wise which is awesome, I love that,
1: yeah, well, we have eleven minutes
0: um is there anything else you... we Say some. Oh, wait. I have a few more things I want to say about things that wouldn't have happened. Um, learning how to advocate for myself. I feel like we have learned some hard lessons about like standing up for ourselves and being our own advocates when it comes to this show that I don't know that I would have had the guts to do otherwise, which is like, um, Hey, Channing, we're sorry we didn't understand Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, but believing, I I think, I guess, like maybe saying that we could do something before we believe that we could, if that makes sense. Like, we did this show, live show at Motorco a couple of years into the show where it was a combination of a bunch of different podcasts. We taught a class. We taught a class. That would
1: never have happened.
0: Never have happened. Taught a class about podcasting. And I think there's a lot, I mean, this is talked about a lot when it comes to women and creativity and. All of those things, but like, you ha- like faking it till you make it is not to me is not a natural instinct. I'm like, I gotta f- I gotta make it, and then I'll tell you I've made it. Maybe, but probably not. And like, I feel like the show has made us like it gave us a platform that people recognized us for, which then made it so people would reach out, and then we had to be like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, we can do that. And like, it per- <laughs> you know it like yeah. forced us into doing things that I don't think we would have done, and advocating for ourselves, and seeing ourselves as, like... Phoebe Judge once, once met us and gave us advice
1: about podcasting. She did. She came on our show as well. She did. She Seeing did. ourselves
0: as, like, true creative professionals in a way that I don't know that we would have. So...
1: 100%.
0: That and... Uh... <laughs> Finding joy and not thinking of things as a task list. I guess that's, <laughs> that's my really uh, heady uh, way of saying... I think what's, like, been... The past few days, I've been very overwhelmed by just a lot of feelings around the end of the show, but I think overwhelmingly feeling so much joy for... So much joy around everything that we have done and the relationships we've built and the memories we have, like, with this space. And so letting that like joy drive us and connecting with that I think has been big
1: agreed and thank you
0: yeah, thank so yous. much to everyone who
1: has poured energy and attention and love and creativity into this show because there have been so many people and that has meant so much to us it has made this project even stronger than what it ever could have been if we were doing this in a vacuum and our listeners were randos from, you know, the other side of the world. Mm -hmm. And I want to thank Cameron Laws and
0: Sam Gerwick. Cameron designed our amazing she and her logo. Which so many people ask me about Cameron. I don't know if you're listening right now, but people are (laughs) like, how'd y'all find your logo? It's amazing.
1: (laughs) She's one of our biggest advocates, I would say. And she and Sam created the original music for our show which was the coolest thing ever to have original music yes. for our show talk about something that made you feel totally legit um, thanks to WHUP and Bob Burtman thank you to our mothers hmm. Thank you to our interns, whom we named. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our friends. Thank you to Anna Fagan for making a, a deck for us, explaining how we could promote <laughs> she and Ho <Hone>
0: better. <laughs> we, I like the part where she was like, y'all just need to be personalities on Twitter. And we are like, we don't do Twitter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but really, like, it was amazing how, how much people were like, let me use my expertise in my mm-hmm. field to try to help you make something of this. That felt like... Buy in, mm-hmm. and that felt important because it's not always been something that we felt like. Is this working? Mm-hmm. Who else? I mean, I made. A thing yeah, our this.
0: sisters, our families, our partners. We don't talk about much on the show, but support us. Oh my god!
1: Yes. Behind the scenes. Thank you, Benjamin. <laughs> Thank you, John. Thank you, Google Docs.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Google Docs and Gchat for keeping our friendship in <laughs> the show alive. Yes. Gchat. If it weren't for Gchat, we may not be here today. <laughs> Thank you, Voice Memo app. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's
1: next? We have a few minutes. What? What's I don't next? even know. Like, is this the right question to end this on? What are your, what do you, what do you want to carry with you from this? mm
0: Hmm. What do I want to carry with me from this? Oh, eBay. That's a big question. Um, I mean so much. I think, obviously, trusting trusting instincts is a big one. Trusting creative instincts. um, Leaning into joy and joyful moments. The beauty of... Female friendship, my God. Like, Ooh. the women who have showed up for us in so many ways in the show of, of friends we've had throughout our lives who've come on and shared their stories, people who have supported us behind the scenes, who've cheered us on for the show. Um, I think, like, that is, a t- you know, the power of female friendship has been, like, threaded through every episode of this show. So just continuing to value and hold space for and put energy into that is huge how about you I think
1: that I want to stay centered in the fact that was revealed to me time and time again in this show which is that ordinary people are extraordinary Mm. And that people in your life, not the people that you encounter because they're influencers on social media or celebrities, but there are people in your life who are working so hard to live meaningful lives, to live soulfully, to live intentionally, and to make their community and their families and this world a better place. And I was moved time and time again by that. And I was convicted time and time again by that and reflecting that in my own life. And that is something that I will hang on to. That is something that I also saw by making this work in the place where we made it, which is a community radio station. Mm -hmm. To me that, that that is a huge takeaway. And I think that that feels more relevant than ever.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Agreed. Love you. Love you. (laughs) All right, guys. That is our show. It is. Thank you so much for joining us today and all of the days that you have spent listening to us. You can find us. (laughs) On the internet. <laughs> Sheandherradio.com. She and her radio <laughs> on Instagram. She and her on uh, Facebook. We don't know what we're going to do with all these platforms, but. Um, we'll sell them. Just name your price. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we're going to finally make the big bucks off of this creative endeavor. selling you all of our content. Oh. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who has supported us along the way. We love you. And. God bless. God bless. See you soon.